Okay, everybody, we'll go ahead and get started with our class today. Welcome to the, welcome to the Spiritual Disciplines Equip class. So uh, we will be working through several of the spiritual disciplines in our class together today. If you did not get a chance, there is a handout over there. It has our kind of course schedule at the, at the top of the handout. And uh, we've also got snacks over there, so feel free to raid the snacks before the high schoolers do. Uh, that will happen, so coming up very soon, so now is your chance. Um, but we're actually going to begin with a couple of announcements, first of all. Um, so the first announcement is our class um, kind of page on Church Center. So if you have not had a chance to join our class on the Church Center app, that is a wonderful way to be able to connect with the classmates, to be able to have access to any resources that the teachers are going to be posting for you guys throughout the class. So we have a QR code to scan to join the class on Church Center. So if you haven't already, please take a moment to, to do that. Also, uh, on that Church Center app, there is a way to sign up to bring snacks as well. And I'm informed that the sign-up is working and it, it is good to go. So good. Yeah, there was a problem with it earlier, but now, now it's working. So um, please feel free to sign up to bring snacks as well to our future equip classes. And you can do that by scanning this QR code or once you join the Church Center app, there's also a resource tab. And under that resource tab, there's a sign up link for, uh, for bringing snacks. Um, there are a few more announcements as well. So equip is one of the places that um, here at New Community Church, we give the announcements for um, what's going on in the body life of new communities. So let me just switch over here. Uh, so you guys are very aware of this first announcement. So the equip classes have started today and it's a new, new round, a new session of equip classes. And uh, you guys are very well aware of that. Um, and it, by the way, too, if you have not signed up for the equip class, you can do so uh, just by clicking on the actual uh, link here and then viewing groups and you can sign up for our equip class as well by doing that. Uh, women's Ministry Spring Bible Studies. So uh, you ladies have an opportunity to join for um, some time in the Word at different times of the day as well. They have morning and evening options um, all throughout the week. So if there is a time or day that works best for you, please uh, just explore the different options available to you and consider joining one of these Bible studies as you ladies can grow in Christ together through this time in the Word. Uh, there's a student ministry parent meeting following second service today in, the, in this classroom. So if you have not had a chance to sign up for that, feel free to attend. Just uh, be sure that um, everyone who signed up gets their lunch first and there may be some leftover. Um, but that will be in this classroom following second service. And that will be a parent meeting for the student ministry. Additionally, launch middle school ministry. There is a winter retreat coming up uh, for the middle school students. And the retreat will be January 26th through 28th. And a $50 deposit was due uh, four days ago. So uh, too, too late on that. But um, if you've already signed up for that, that will be the 26th through 28th uh, for the middle school students. Newcomer night also is that actually that same day, January 26th, 630. This is a wonderful opportunity to meet the leadership of New Community Church. So if you have not had a chance to attend one of these newcomer nights, and so even if you've been coming for, uh, for months, feel free to sign up. This is a wonderful way to get to know some of the pastors and elders at our church. Um, and it's usually held in one of their homes. So please uh, feel free to click on this link and sign up. And by the way, if, if you guys have not used the Church Center app, I just wanna show you how to be able to access these announcements. Um, so if you go to the bottom tab, you'll see right here it says more. Um, kind of at the bottom tab there. And then you click on 
right up here, the little bell where it says announcements, you just click on that and all of these announcements are available to you and you can sign up and kind of learn more information about each of these different announcements right through that link. Uh, the next announcement is The Forge, which begins uh, same day. This is a busy day, Friday, uh, January 26th. And the study of The Forge will be on the doctrines of humanity and sin. Um, so if you have attended previously The Forge, uh, this is a wonderful opportunity to jump back in if you haven't had a chance yet. Um, they will be covering the topics of humanity and sin. And click the image to learn more about that study and to sign up as well. Galantine Gala, Cultivating Gratitude. This will be a great opportunity for you ladies to be able to cultivate gratitude over brunch on February 4th. And it includes ladies from different seasons of life, the announcement says as well. So um, some Titus 2 going on. That, that'll be great. Hearing um, how God has grown and cultivated gratitude in the midst of different trials. If that interests any of you ladies in this room, uh, feel free to click the image and to sign up there. That'll be February 4th for brunch. Uh, finally, the Ignite Conference. So this is actually at the church we came from, uh, from central Kansas when we moved here uh, like three and a half years ago. Wonderful church out there, and they host a conference for high school students. And so that, this is a wonderful opportunity for any of your high school age uh, children to be able to, um, to join and to have a wonderful time in the Word. Um, that will be February 23rd through 25th. To learn more information about the conference or sign up, again, just, just click the image above. Any questions for me about any of the announcements at all? Yes, Dan. Actually, the cultivating gratitude is on the 3rd. Is it on the 3rd? The 4th is a Sunday. Okay, thank you. Thank you for catching that. I appreciate it. Um, actually, yeah, I'll have to let, let them know about that typo. Thanks for catching that, Dan. Any other corrections? That, that was great. Good catch. <laughs> uh, this, good question. Let's go. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, it'll be at the lobby right over here. Thank you. Any other questions or corrections? <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and um, dive into our time of study today. And we are covering the spiritual disciplines. So um, let's go ahead and open up our time together today with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are the great God, Lord, who um, loved us enough, Lord, to come down to this earth, Lord, to live the perfect life, Lord, none of us could live, to die in our stead, Lord. And Lord, because of that, Lord, we have new life in your son. And Lord, because of that, we can live in this new life in a way that is pleasing to you, Lord. I pray that this time would be um, profitable, Lord, for each of us to discern, Lord, how to best please you, how to best live for you, Lord, that each one of us would grow closer to you, Lord, uh, through looking at these spiritual disciplines, Lord. Um, thank you that you have done each of these perfectly on our behalf, Lord, and at the same time, Lord, we get to follow you in each of these different ways, Lord. Please help us to do that well. Go before our time, and Lord, thank you so much for each one here. Please Lord, help us all to behold wonderful things, Lord, from your word, that we might know you and live like you more fully. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. So we are covering the topic of spiritual disciplines. And uh, if you guys, by the way, have come in a little late, we've got a handout as well. Um, and today we are going to be covering the topic of an overview of spiritual disciplines and Bible reading. So those two components, an overview of the spiritual disciplines and Bible reading. 
Um, a, a famous Cowboys football coach, Tom Landry, is famously quoted for saying, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. Um, so there is a process that a coach does in a, in a person's life to seek to help them achieve things they were never able to do previously. Why? And how do they do that? Through discipline, right? Through, through hard work, through putting in the hours and doing things that they wouldn't normally do on their own. And guys, spiritual disciplines, what we're talking about is not just a physical realm, right? It can be profitable to, to work out, to exercise, to, to buffet our body physically, but we're talking about a spiritual realm, right? Doing so spiritually, which holds promise, not only for this life, but also the life to come, as we'll see in a few moments here. Guys, spiritual disciplines are going to take hard work. They're going to take a saying no to things of the flesh and a saying yes to things of the spirit, right? Walking by the spirit rather than the flesh and running the race that is set before us, right? And, and I want to encourage us, though, as we set off in this necessarily painful process of discovering these spiritual disciplines, that this is a path that's already been paved for you. It's already been run ahead by someone else who's, who's been there before, who's experienced all of these uh, difficulties, and even far more so on your behalf. Go and turn in your Bibles over to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 2 in Hebrews chapter 12. Familiar text of Scripture. And in light of the faith by all of these different folks, all throughout history, guys, there is a chief example that the author of Hebrews is going to point out here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Guys, we... As, right at the outset here, as we set our gaze towards these spiritual disciplines, guys, fix our eyes on the one who has done all of these perfectly on our behalf, whom we are following, right? He has walked ahead of us. Fix our eyes on Jesus, right? As we are seeking to become more and more like him and doing these difficult things. And suddenly the things of this world, right? The, that song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full on his wonderful face. And the things of this world will what? Grow strangely dim, Right? In, in the light of his glory and grace, guys. Let, let's do that together right from the outset. So these are different facets, right? The different spiritual disciplines we're going to be covering together in our class are different components of who Jesus is, right? Um, he was perfect and competent in the scriptures, right? Which we're going to be looking at later as well. How about in prayer, right? We're about to see a wonderful example of that um, in John 17 as we step in uh, to hear Pastor Rich preach for us on the high priestly prayer of our Lord who is perfectly laying out his soul before the Father. Um, and Chris Moore will unpack that for us more next week as well. Worship with Joe Graff. Um, we're we're going to be able to see um, also the spiritual discipline of worship. Uh, fellowship with Brevin Marlowe. Um, and then we're going to have service with, with Dan Adams as well, um, and also suffering with Mark Head. So this is our um, kind of overview, class overview. You've got the dates on your handout there. Uh, but each one of these spiritual disciplines, guys, ultimately is going to conform us further and further into Christ-likeness, right? So setting our gaze on him as we are 
starting to pave this path. So let's go and begin here with a definition, with the overview of spiritual disciplines. What are spiritual disciplines? You've got a couple blanks on your outline here. Uh, spiritual disciplines are a spirit-paved means towards Christ-likeness. Spiritual disciplines are a spirit-paved means towards Christ-likeness. What, what do we mean by that? Well, spiritual disciplines, right? We're, we're talking about um, working and buffeting ourselves in a way to make us more like Christ, right? As the end of that definition says. But notice also the means by which we are getting there, right? This is not something we can just simply pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and do, right? This is not something that we can just um, force into ourselves, right? On our own strength. This is something that the Lord is working in us as we are working as well. We're going to kind of see that with some of the different components here of, of spiritual disciplines um, in, in this overview. So spiritual disciplines are, we're going to pull out several facets here. Um, they are several different things. First of all, they are toward Christ, right? We are growing in Christ's likeness. Um, so spiritual disciplines are towards him, towards him. We just talked about that from Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus. But actually one of the most critical um, passages on spiritual disciplines is in 1 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8. Go ahead and turn over in your Bibles to 1 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8, and we're going to look at that passage together. And could I have a volunteer read that passage for us too, 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. Thanks, Mark. That'd be great. Put these things before the brothers. You will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed having nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Awesome, thank you. So, uh, keying in on that phrase in verse 7 there, training yourself for godliness, right? The purpose here is for godliness. It's for Christ-likeness. And that word to train yourself, it, it's a command, something Paul is commanding his protege Timothy to do. And it's something he needs to be doing continuous, not just do it, do it once. It's in a tense that's continuing to do it. And the word there is the word that we get our word gymnasium from. It's this idea of stripping aside things that get in the way and, and actually getting down into work, right? You have a task in front of you, so set aside those things that inhibit you from getting down into that task, that training for godliness, and continue to do it, right? Keep on doing it. Um, it just, you know, even as Hebrews 12 was saying, laying aside every weight of sin that clings so closely, right? That similar idea of laying aside those things that hinder us, freeing up our schedules to this focus, right? Um, if we're about to partake in the gym, right, and, and to work out, we've got to set aside time in our schedules to be able to actually train ourselves um, with, you know, which has some value, as it says in this passage, but it's limited, right? It's only limited to this life. Uh, some of us know more than others that very soon, you know, we, we will be putting off these bodies, right? It's a temporary thing. Even training for, for any sort of exercise, right? It is only a temporary gain. Not so with training for godliness, right? It is eternal rewards that continue not only for this life, but the life to come. So continuing to do this, training ourselves for godliness. And ultimately, it is towards Christ, right? It is for godliness. That, that's the purpose. And also, I mean, it's not just done with a motive to look good on the outside either. I, I want to just dive in quickly with these spiritual disciplines into the motive here. It's not just to look good on the outside or to appear um, like everything's doing well. In fact, there is a church in Revelation 2, 1 through 7. Um, Pastor Rich covered this for us back in the summer, but the church at Ephesus 
They looked really good on the outside. They were doing all of the right things. They seemed to be well trained in this very thing of godliness, right? They were refuting false teachers. They were not just speaking the word. They were doing the word with each other. In Revelation 2, 1 through 7, you could read this, but they had this critical problem. They had left their first love. And Jesus calls them out for this in verse 4. And he also commends them towards something. The first thing he calls them to do in verse 5 of Revelation 2 is to remember. It's to remember from where they had fallen. And and again, that tense there is the same as um, that 1 Timothy 4 passage. Keep on remembering. Keep on remembering those heights that you've fallen from. Guys, that motivation for this training in godliness should be fueled by that continual reminder in our minds of what Jesus did for us, right? Keep preaching the gospel to yourself. Remember that Jesus died for us, right? Who were dead in our trespasses and sins, unable to come to spiritual life in and of ourselves. But God, right, being rich in mercy because of who he is, right? Because of his great love towards us, not anything in us, but because of everything in him. He loved us and he died for us and rose again, right? Keep preaching the gospel to yourself. Keep doing that. And that'll give you that fuel, right? We love him because he first loved us, as 1 John 4, 19 says, right? That love for Christ that should fuel these spiritual disciplines comes from that love that first came from Christ into our hearts. So, so keep that in mind. And additionally, um, these spiritual disciplines are from Christ. Ultimately, like we said earlier, it's a spirit-paved means, right? It's nothing we're going to be able to do in and of ourselves. Um, these spiritual disciplines come from Christ. Right after um, in Ephesians 2, where, where we were just discussing a moment ago, um, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, being created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Right? All of those works, all of this godliness is actually from Christ as well. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're simply sitting on the sidelines doing nothing, you know, like a puppet on the strings being moved along, right? No, God has given us choices that we can make. And it's important to understand these spiritual disciplines are with Christ, right? He is the one empowering them, but also we are getting to work as well. We have a job to do in this training for godliness and becoming more and more like him. Uh, Paul, he sums up his ministry. Actually, go ahead and turn over your Bibles briefly to Colossians 1, 28 through 29. We're going to be kind of moving back and forth throughout the scriptures today. So uh, Colossians 1, 28 through 29, Paul sums up his ministry here in verse 28 and 29. And he starts off in the ESV. I love how it fronts that. That's how it is in the original. Him we proclaim. Him we proclaim. It's emphatic. Warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Um, Guys, that is the goal, right? That people, not only ourselves, but others would be mature in Christ, right? And that is part of the spiritual discipline process. And how does, how does Paul do this? How does he strive in this work of helping present people mature in Christ? Look with me at verse 29. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. You guys see that, that Paul is the one doing it and Christ is the one doing it. Is, is spiritual disciplines you doing it or is spiritual disciplines Jesus doing it? The answer is yes, right? It's, it's both and of he is working in you and you are working as well together with Christ. And then that Matthew 28 passage, you guys are familiar with it, right? Paul, or Jesus, our Lord, he commissions his disciples to go, therefore, and to make disciples, right? baptizing and teaching them, right, to observe everything that has been commanded. And notice how he 
kind of closes that section as well. Lo, I will be with you always, right? So yes, they have this job to do, but they, but Christ will be with them as they do this job, right, uh, of disciple making. And guys, that is what we're talking about here with these spiritual disciplines. This is not just us. It is us and it is Christ, right, working in us in order to accomplish these things. Um, and so I want to go ahead and open up for a discussion here, a discussion question. And um, how and why does God use spiritual disciplines to make us more like Christ? As we kind of close our time on, um, on the overview of spiritual disciplines, I want to prime the pump a little bit here for this discussion question and then open it up to the group here. How and why does God use spiritual disciplines to make us more like Christ? I, I just want to give kind of three, three thoughts here. And then if you guys have additional thoughts or want to kind of play off these, feel free and we'll kind of get into our discussion together. Well, the, fir the first is through them we learn from his son, right? Through them we learn from his son, Jesus Christ. Remember, right, we're following after him. Matthew 26, 24, right? If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and what? Follow me, right? So if we're following that path that Jesus has for us, um, guess what? Along that path, he's with us. Along that path, he's helping us each step of the way. Remember Matthew eleven, twenty nine. 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, right? Learn from him. As we expose ourselves to these disciplines and seek to do these things, arranging our life like he did, guys, we are going to learn from him even more deeply, right? As we are following him down that path. Of, of, of Christ's likeness, right, ultimately, that we're seeking to do. So for one thing, we learn from him, right? We put ourselves in those positions where we are learning more and more from the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, through them, we apply ourselves to being like his son, right? There's this actual application, right, versus just passively reading the word and, you know, not letting it have any effect on us. We're going to get into that spiritual discipline here in a moment. But um, this whole idea of applying ourselves to doing it, right, Proverbs 23, 12, um, in the NASB, it says, apply your heart to discipline. Apply your heart to discipline, right? Your central control center, applying it to this purpose of discipline, to the end of knowing Jesus Christ better, right? And ultimately, that brings much glory to Jesus Christ. If you look at how Jesus arranges his priorities in life, right? It is to glorify his Father, right? He makes that very clear, as we saw earlier um, in John 12, 28. And we're going to actually see it today, too. Math, or John uh, 17, 1, right? Glorify the Son. Why? What's the purpose? That the Son may glorify you, right? Um, so that is what Jesus is praying for, is to bring much glory to his Father. And guys, as we arrange ourselves in this manner, in our lives, in such a way that we are engaging in spiritual disciplines, we will bring much glory to God, right? And, and follow his Son in that way as well. But I, I'm going to go ahead and open it up for discussion, guys. How and why does God use spiritual disciplines to make us more like his Son, Jesus Christ? said but Jesus did all these things and um, you know it's like you're talking about practice and we, it, it, it's our way of doing it the way Jesus did and learning from his example mm. um, absolutely that's, that's great any other thoughts yeah Kimmy I think one thing I've learned as a Christian is that our faith is not a passive faith it's a very active faith and so this is you know, the way that the Lord has orchestrated our faith to be active, that we have to be active in becoming like Christ and learning about Him. You know, we can't just say, like James says, there's a God, and 
you know, go on with our life. You know, it has to have fruit. It's awesome. Awesome. We'll, we'll come back to James later on, too, today. But, yeah, that, that's a great passage. Yep, good, good, uh, good segue. But, yeah, any, any other thoughts? That's a great. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, I'll say it's as simple as what we just need to have discipline because even, even if someone didn't have God, if they wanted to get anywhere in life or have a deeper relationship, it's hard work and it's discipline. So, um, yeah, we just we need that discipline because like what you said, if, if I don't set aside any time to spend with the Lord, then we just become stagnant or complacent. So we need the discipline. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Marv. Yeah, it's, it's sitting on what Ben said. The word disciple is derivative of the word discipline. Hmm. To be a disciple takes what discipline. Be a learner, right? Yeah. Not just learning here, but yeah. Whole life, absolutely. Yeah. Any other, the, any other thoughts? When yeah. You think of suffering as a discipline, it's, it kind of hits a little odd. I mean, when you think about that, because it's all these other things. It's like prayer, worship, I can go do those things. Mm. Um, and oftentimes suffering comes um, without us saying, oh, please bring, we're, we're going to go do suffering. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was reminded the other day that suffering oftentimes um, strips us of ourselves, and mm. it also exposes, um, so I'm answering the question, how um, does God use these things and make us more like him? Um, oftentimes through suffering, it can expose what we've been relying on and what we have been idolizing or putting our trust in. Mm -hmm. um, and the Lord uses those to show us that it just needs to be Christ and mm -hmm. Christ alone. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, Alex. I was just going to say it took a series of choices to go into sin. And so it just makes sense that it's going to take a series of choices and fighting to and doing these things to grow to be more like him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Mark kind of already touched on this, but I just think of, you know, the beautiful example of Christ being without sin all throughout mm -hmm. his ministry. You see him withdrawing to seek the Father in prayer. And I just think as a sinner, how much mm -hmm. more do I need to constantly go back to God? You know, Jesus modeled that desperate need to, like, seek the Father in everything. How much more do we need that, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. A lot more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, I think straight answer, there is no other way hmm. to, to be more like him. Mm -hmm. What are the disciplines are there? Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Any other thoughts? Those are those fantastic. And, you know, one thing with suffering and uh, spiritual disciplines, just kind of thinking about what you were talking about, Kelly, um, in Lamentations, you see kind of this, um, and, and throughout the Psalms even as well, this discipline of what do we do when that suffering hits, right? Where do we go? Who, who really has the resources, the bread that we need, 
in order to sustain us in the middle of that trial, right? Um, and, and what we see repeatedly from the psalmist, you know, sometimes it's completely raw, or from Jeremiah with Lamentations. I mean, he had committed his entire life to this city of Jerusalem, warning them that this day was coming. And here he is sitting up on the um, kind of Mount of Olives, looking down at this day he knew was going to come, that all these people were ignoring him throughout his entire life and ministry. And he's watching the city being burned right in front of him. And he is just pouring out his, you know, complaint before God, his life's work, right, is crashing down in front of him. Um, and, and maybe, you know, you guys have been through something similar, but where does he go, right? You know, he, he continues to go back to the Lord. And in the very center of that um, lament, as, as you guys are well aware of, you know, the central chapter, chapter three, right? In the very center of that chapter, some of the most amazing, um, amazing verses, right? You know, verse 22, uh, the steadfast love, right? His love that sticks with us in the midst of those trials. The steadfast love of Yahweh never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Yahweh is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, with everything burning in front of him, who does he put his hope in, right? This burning city in front of him? No. Therefore, I will hope in him, you know, he says. And then also that trust, you know, in verse 25 and following, Yahweh is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of Yahweh. It is good that one that a man bear the yoke in his youth, right? There, there is this, you know, trusting of the Lord, this discipline that we can work our hearts into, right? What happens when that trial hits? You know, be like the psalmist, you know, as, as raw as, you know, that complaint sometimes is just being open with God and then, you know, remembering who, who God is. There's that progression there, the suffering. So, but, but we're not on the spiritual discipline of suffering. So um, we'll save that for, for Mark. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but anyway, any other thoughts on this discussion question before we move on from the overview? Awesome. Okay. Well, Bible reading, Bible reading here. And, and behind me is a foundation, as you guys can tell. Um, and this really is a foundational discipline for all of the other spiritual disciplines, right? Where any, any sort of construction we're going to seek to build in the spiritual disciplines is going to fall flat if it's not founded on this book right in front of you. Uh, let me kind of illustrate that for you. I've, I've got a couple resources here, and I'm going to draw from one of them here in a second. But um, these are wonderful resources on the spiritual disciplines. Um, so uh, I'll be referencing several of these along the way. Um, but these two are great on the spiritual discipline of uh, scripture reading, and, and I'll be referencing them um, in a bit. If you want to look at them, I've got them up front here. Also, um, these are more on kind of spiritual disciplines in general. Um, so if, if you guys want to take a look at these sometime, feel free. I'll be referencing uh, these two in particular and this one here. Um, but uh, the author here, Donald Whitney, this is Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. He uh, describes a time in his life back in 1989 when he was at a church in East Africa. Um, and, and he's used to doing this. He, he's been to missions contacts that are all over the place and used to, you know, some of the cultural differences that would happen as you go into one of these different churches in different contexts. But nothing, he says, could prepare him for what he saw um, at this particular church. Uh, he says, but I was unprepared for some of my encounters with the professing Christians in this particular equatorial um, setting. So by the equator, lying, stealing, and immorality were common and generally accepted 
even among the leadership of the church. Theological understanding was as scarce as water. The disease of doctrinal area as common as malaria. Soon, I discovered one of the main reasons this church looked as though it had been started by Corinthian missionaries. What is the reason? No one had a Bible. No one had a Bible. Not the pastor, not a deacon, no one. The pastor had only a half dozen sermons, all half-baked on the coals of very few Bible recollections. Every sixth week came the same sermon. The only real contact with scripture was the occasional visit of a missionary who usually came from hundreds of miles away. Um, so one man, the only man here, um, he also continues, had any measure of spiritual maturity. Um, it was because he lived most of his life elsewhere and attended a Bible teaching church, right? Um, you guys see right here at the offset, just from uh, reading that story, the foundation of Bible reading, right? Um, hey, you know, if you don't know what God's word has to say, hey, anything goes, right? There's no, there's no actually morality, right? Apart from um, the clear standards God has laid out. You could do whatever you feel like, right? Who's to say yes or no to those things if not by the standard and the filter of this book that you hold in front of you guys. You guys have a precious gift. And guys, any attempts to look more and more like Jesus um, apart from this book are going to crumble um, without the foundation of God's word, right? And having that form the basis of all of our spiritual disciplines. Um, because this is so foundational, we put it at the beginning of our class and that's what we're going to dive into now is the spiritual discipline, not just a Bible reading, but as uh, Donald Whitney puts it, Bible intake. We're going to talk about different methods of receiving, of intaking God's word. And uh, the next six blanks on your outline, there are going to be these six different methods. The first five are methods of intaking it into our lives. And the last one is going to be the method of, hey, how, how do we put this out into our lives with, with application? So the first method of receiving God's word and the disciplines, different facets of the discipline I want to talk about for us is the first one is hearing. This is the first channel that is going to cut um, the, God, the flow kind of of God's word into our, the basin of our heart, right? We want to be those who overflow with God's word. This is the first kind of stream pouring into our heart is through the discipline of hearing God's word, of hearing God's word. And we're going to cover each one of these more in depth in a moment. But the second one is reading. The second one is reading. So this is the second channel, kind of getting that um, broad picture of God's word through, through reading. And also the deep picture uh, with studying, studying. That's another method of receiving God's word is the spiritual discipline of studying it deeply. Additionally, fourthly here, memorizing. Memorizing, committing scripture to our memory, to our hearts, right? Put internalizing it. And we can do that even further and even um, kind of more deeply through this process of meditating, right? And just on the outside, I want to say this is not an um, emptying of the mind, right, in an Eastern sense. This is a filling of the mind, right? These other spiritual disciplines come first, right, to fill our minds with Scripture and the, the kind of saturating ourselves with it, with this meditating. We'll get into that spiritual discipline in a moment. And all of this, kind of these five channels flowing into our heart, overflow into the sixth uh, realm here of applying God's Word, of applying God's Word. And what we're going to find again and again as we read through some of these scripture passages that talk about each one of these in turn, um, we're going to find that oftentimes um, that hearing is just also in the same verse or right around it talking about applying, right? It's just this instant process of one to the other, right? From reading to applying, from memorizing to applying, right? It's just all for that purpose of that overflow into our lives, right? That we would actually look like Christ. This book is a means to an end of being like Jesus, right? Um, 
from the inside out. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and begin kind of looking at that and seeing that illustrated here with this first spiritual discipline of hearing God's word. Hearing God's word. Um, and to hear is to actually be. So to actually hear something and internalize it to the point that it affects your life, that it affects um, what you believe, as we'll see in a moment here too, that it completely changes your heart, right? This is a discipline that needs to be worked into our lives. We're going to talk about the disciplines with each one of these six points, and then we're going to talk about some practical considerations too with each one of them. But first, kind of the discipline itself to hear and to be disciplined, and it is to actually put it into practice in our lives, to, to put it into obedience. Um, so Jesus, he was approached in Luke 11, 28. Um, actually, if someone has that passage and, and could could read that for us. Um, Jesus is approached. Uh, feel free to turn over there as well, but if I could have a volunteer read that. Um, thank you, Marv. Um, Jesus is approached by some ladies, uh, just the previous verses, and they're saying, blessed is the womb of Borea and the breasts that nurse you. Um, Jesus, however, has something instead to say of where real blessing is. Go ahead, Marv. But he said, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Awesome, thank you. So notice that that kind of natural kind of parallel there between uh, those who hear God's word, right? These are the people who are really blessed, not just who hear it, but who hear it so much so to the point that they obey it, right? And put it into practice in their lives. Um, guys, that, in, in uh, Greek, you know, it's recorded in two separate words, but in Hebrew, it's actually just one word. The word for listen and for hearing, shema, is the same word for obeying, shema. Uh, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. Um, that idea of to listen and to obey is so integral um, to, to the Hebrew mind that it just naturally translates. And, and I see this with my kids all the time, right? You know, maybe I'll say, hey, kids, come on upstairs. It's time for dinner. And maybe I'll get two of them up, right, um, for first go around. And so those are the ones who actually listen, right? Um, and, you know, your parents are smiling, nodding hoods. I, I see it. But anyway, um, those are the ones who actually listen. While the sound waves may have hit, you know, the other one's ears, they just kind of bounced out or through or whatever happens with them, right? Right? And they, they need another additional reminder. Hey, guys, no, it's time, time to eat. Come on up. You know, and they didn't really hear. In the same way with God's word, guys, right? When we hear it, um, blessed are we if we hear it to the point of actually keeping it, right? Um, that, that integral kind of connection between listening and obeying. And really that action in our lives is going to be driven by um, the realm of what's inside of us, right? What's in our heart with belief. Um, what we believe is going to determine what we do. Obedience is driven by faith ultimately, right? Remember what Romans 10, 17 says, right? Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God, right? That's where the beliefs in our heart are rearranged and changed so that we actually act differently. For example, if I say, hey, this building's burning down. Everyone, we need to run to the fire exit. No, no one believes me, right? Because um, and, and therefore, you didn't do it. And the reason for that is, right, it's not convincing. Um, what you heard in your ears did not compel you enough to actually do something about it. However, you know, if the fire alarm started going off, you know, maybe security guy comes in here and says, hey, we need to evacuate, right? Suddenly, we're going to believe it and then do it, right? We're going to actually evacuate the building and get out of here. I um, in the same way, guys, what we believe, um, when, when we hear God's word, we want it to change internally, um, and that will affect the external, right? Um, when we are listening to God's word, we want to develop that discipline, not just of changing our actions, but changing our hearts, right? That belief that can only take place, right, ultimately by by hearing the word of God. Obedience is driven by faith. Additionally, though, um, I want to look at this passage a little bit more in depth. Go and turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Do you believe that what you are hearing is the word of God? Uh, turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 
And uh, I want to back up, actually, before we get into verse 13, uh, where the Thessalonians receive uh, this book as the word of God, the preaching from Paul. Um, But um, I, I want to back up actually to verse 1, and if I can have a volunteer read a kind of rather lengthy portion here from verse 1, um, I'm going to stop you in verse 8, and then we'll, um, we'll continue through the rest through verse 13. But if someone could read uh, first Corinthians, or first Thessalonians 2, verse 1 uh, through 13 for me, that'd be, that'd be great if I could have a volunteer. Dad, thank you. Appreciate it. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But after he had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not as pleasing men, but God, who examines our hearts. For we never came with fluttering speech, as you know, nor with pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others. Even though, as apostles of Christ, we might have asserted our authority, but we proved to be gentle among you, as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. children. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel, but also our own lives, because you would become very dear to us. Awesome. If you could pause right there. So I, I want to illustrate for us with this rather lengthy reading here, uh, verse 8 there, right at the end, that Paul, he was imparting to them something they heard, right, which is the gospel. Um, but he was also eager to share with them not only that, um, but also their own lives as uh, Dad's translation, our own selves, as ESV says, or literally in the original, our own souls, it's suke, their own self, right? Oftentimes, hearing God's word is, is kind of slower to kind of penetrate than seeing it lived out in front of us, right? Um, so, and, and I want to kind of commend each one of us towards this discipline for this purpose, right? Actually seeing the word of God lived out in a life. Someone who hears it so much to the point that it changes their beliefs internally, changes their actions externally. That is far more convincing to see than just simply to hear, right? And so for each one of us, as we develop this spiritual discipline, right, people will be able to see God's word in you far quicker than they'll be able to hear it um, by, the, by the word, right? And Paul, he was eager to share both their own lives as well as um, their the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and continue, Dad. Sure. Okay, here we go. Uh, Verse 9. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses. And so is God, how how devotely, uh, devotely and uprightly and blamelessly we behave towards you believers just as you know how we <clears throat> just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the god who calls you into his own kingdom in glory for this reason we also constantly thank god that when you received the word of god which you heard from us you accepted it not as the word of men, 
but for what it really is, the Word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. For you, brother, for you brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you also endured the same sufferings at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews. Awesome. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. And I, I want to kind of key in on that verse 13 right there um, a little bit, that they received this book as you know the, the gospel preached, the gospel seen, right, in, in the lives of Paul and those with him as what it really is, the Word of God, right? Do you believe, guys, that what you're holding, that what you have in front of you is, in fact, uh, the one who created the heaven, the earth, the one who created you, his word to you, right? That is final, that is definitive, that is clear, um, that can obviously, as we're going to see, be studied more and more in depth, right? Do you believe that this is, in fact, his word, Right. Um, if, if we do, guys, um, we're going to start looking like the Thessalonians, right, who became imitators of Paul, um, who um, saw that manner of life and who sought to help other people in the same way. Right. They were one of the best examples in giving and service and the other spiritual disciplines. Why? It was built on this foundation. Right. They received this book for what it really was, the word of God. Right. And lived out practically in their lives. So I, I want to talk about some practical considerations for this spiritual discipline of letting God's word penetrate us so much to the point of change belief and change behavior, right? What are some practical considerations here for hearing the word of God? Uh, well, first of all, listen to God's word frequently. Listen to it frequently. Um, have it saturate your heart, right? We just talked about the fact that God created us. Um, well, Psalm 40 verse 6, it kind of keys on a, on a component of that. In Psalm 40 verse 6, it's says, in sacrifice and offerings, you have not delighted. You have given me an open ear. Literally, the idea behind that word karah there, it's to dig an ear, right? You have less distance from the outside world to your brain because God put an ear into your skull, right? Uh, and why did he do that? right, for the purpose that you would hear, right, and ultimately hearing his word. What better thing to fill that ear with than the words of the very creator who put it there in the first place, right? He has dug an open ear for us. Let, let it, there be a short distance from that ear into our hearts, right, ultimately to, to be able to listen to it. Guys, fill yourself on the content from God's word. There's a lot of options of what to fill your mind with, but there's no better option than this book right in front of you, right? Listen to it frequently. Um, prepare yourself before listening too, right? This is a helpful process. Perhaps, you know, you just got done from a busy day of work or you're waking up for the first time in the morning. Whenever you like to listen to God's word um, or preparing yourself to come on a Sunday, right? Prepare yourself. Go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, please help me to become more like you. Lord, I know that you are with me in this process of the Christian life. Lord, that you are working things in my heart. Help me to be disciplined. Help me to see what is out of place in my life, right? That I might become more and more like your son, Jesus, right? And put that into practice in my life. Help me to do that continually, right? Those types of prayers, preparing yourself before you're listening is very helpful to kind of develop that discipline of listening to the point of obeying, right? Into our lives. Another helpful practice um, is examining yourself in light of what you heard. That James, uh, James 1, uh, verse 22. We're going to come back to this uh, passage actually towards the end as well. And so you're going to get it three times today with Kimmy, this one and uh, at the very end. But all that to say, examine yourself in light of what you've heard, right? Look at the mirror of God's word. And we'll, we'll kind of unpack that a little bit more in a little bit. 
um, at, at the very end here, but look at what is said and how does your life line up, right? Take the time to actually assess, hey, what do I need to change? What do I need to rearrange here in light of what I've just heard and read? Um, a suggested resource uh, is this expository listening. Uh, this is a handbook, as it says here, for hearing and doing God's word. You know, the, the very similar ideas that we've been talking about. This is a very helpful resource, yes, for listening to a sermon on Sunday, but also uh, no less applicable to listening to God's word throughout our lives, right? And, um, even in quiet times or devotions and whatnot. So uh, I, I'd highly recommend that one to you if you want to dive into this even deeper. Any questions or thoughts or discussion here on the spiritual discipline of hearing before we go on to the, to the next kind of channel? Yes, Kelly. Absolutely. That and actually, that that's a perfect segue into into some of the things I'm going to talk about that are connected with reading, because developing an appetite there. We're we're going to kind of use a food analogy here, um, but you, you kind of maybe get used to eating junk food, right, or, or bagels or whatever it might be, right, or, or you know. Um, but anyway, all that to say, and you develop an appetite for that thing you eat, right? It can be the same way with healthier foods too, right? We're creatures of habit, and as we get into those ruts and habits, we're going to develop that appetite for it. Uh, there's kind of two components though, because yeah, there's that discipline side, but there's also a salvific side, right? We're not going to really have a desire for God's word if we haven't first come to saving faith through his word, right? That faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If that miraculous event of regeneration hasn't occurred in our heart, we have no spiritual taste bud for the word of God at all. And so, um, but, but if we do, you know, if we are kind of in that place of being saved, then yeah, it's that, hey, you, you, you can get into a rut of, you know, just checking your phone for sports or, you know, whatever. But how about, you know, you pull up your phone and you've got a verse, you know, that you're reading or, you know, passage of scripture, you know, and kind of getting into those ruts and it'll whet your appetite for more and more of that. And we'll talk about that more with, with reading. So yeah, great, great question there. Uh, oh yeah. The, the verse that you read, I think speaks a lot to that one as well. Uh, verse 13, it says, for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God, I mean, the first observation is he thanks God, not them, that they received the word. It is God who allowed them to receive it. And the part two of that verse says, the word of God, which also performs its work in you, who hmm. believe. Hmm. Um, perhaps that speaks also the same as what you have said. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other... Any other thoughts? Those were great. Awesome. Well, we'll go ahead and dive into the next uh, kind of component of the spiritual discipline and Bible intake with reading God's Word. Um, so this is where uh, one, one helpful component of reading God's Word is you can get a breadth. You can kind of get that wide swath 
of God's word. Ten different times, Jesus, he asked this question to his people, especially to the leaders of the people of Israel. Um, he says, have you not read, right? There's this surprise sense to that question, um, right? That they have not read, not yet discerned, not yet discovered this component of God's word. And reading God's word, developing the spiritual discipline of reading, it gives you that breadth, right? To, to cover those bases further and further, kind of as, especially as, you know, God's covenant people, you know, who have been saved by him. We ought to never have this question, right? Have you um, not read, right? We, we should have this book at some point in our spiritual lives read cover to cover, right? Not that we know it perfectly or have it memorized, but um, this is a wonderful way to be able to read the breadth of scripture. And we're going to talk about some practical considerations for that in a moment here. But this is our spiritual food. It's our spiritual food. Kind of going back to that food analogy, which we were talking about with Kelly um, a moment ago. So that Matthew 4, verse 4. Um, notice what our Lord says. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles briefly over there. Matthew 4, verse 4. Um, so our, our Lord here, he is in the context of fierce temptation. The most compelling desire in the human heart, um, unlike Freud and what others say, actually um, it's, it's been shown that hunger, um, not, not sex or anything like that, uh, which psychologists often say, but it's hunger that's the most compelling um, human desire. And our Lord here, he is in the midst of a very compelling hunger, right? 40 days and 40 nights of no food. And the, one of the biggest understatements in the Bible in verse 2 there, he was hungry, right? I can't go a day without, without food. And, you know, I mean, he went 40, right? 40 days of no food there. Um, and he was hungry. So the tempter, he comes to him and says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Uh, but what is our Lord's answer? Right in verse 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right? There is a true, deeper spiritual need than even physical hunger. It is spiritual sustenance from God and his word. Right? That is our deepest need spiritually, um, is, is to be in this book. Right, to, to have that word of God, living by every word that comes from his mouth. Guys, you want a good way to refute temptation? Our Lord just modeled it for us in this spiritual discipline of Bible intake right here. Guys, he understood what it meant to suffer temptation, right? But he was so filled up with something different, right? That that temptation wasn't as hungry to him. Um, even after 40 days and 40 nights of no eating, right? He was so full of God's word. It's, it's almost like going to the grocery store. Maybe you guys have experienced this before, but you go to the grocery store on an empty stomach. Watch out, guys. Your, your credit card bill is going gonna, is gonna to demonstrate that reality, right? Once you get that statement back and, oh, wow, I, I must have been starving when I went to the store this day, right? And I, you turn your back on your kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what all ends up in the cart, right? Yeah. <laughs> but all, all that to say, right, you know, you go into that place hungry and you're going to not be able to resist, right, buying things easier. Guys, don't go into this world hungry. Right, go, go after the Thanksgiving meal of God's word, right? Having sustained yourself with the sustenance of, of what God has to say, 
right? That true spiritual fruit. And guess what? You're going to find that you can resist that temptation a whole lot better, much like our Lord, right? If you've developed that spiritual discipline of reading, of understanding God's word, right? Comprehending it into your heart, you're not going to be picking all those sins off of the shelf of our lives, right? We're going to be satisfied already in him. Um, but I highly, highly commend that to you guys with our spiritual food and seeing it that way. Um, again, um, uh, reading, it gives you this healthy, varied diet as well. Um, you know, you don't want to just eat all apples at the grocery store. You know, as healthy of an option as that is, you, you need to vary it up a little bit. You need to throw some vegetables in there, some protein, some carbs. You know, you, you need that varied diet. Um, and I want to show you the effect of a varied diet on a life with 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17. Could I have a volunteer read uh, 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17? If anyone's available to do that. Awesome. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate it. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Awesome. Thank you. So obviously, Timothy, he was steeped in the word, right, and, and had been so since childhood by his um, godly mother, right, who had taken good care of him. And in fact, um, what Paul's pointing out, though, as well, I want to really zero in on verse 16 there. Uh, it doesn't say some scripture, right? All of it, all of it is breathed out by God. Um, each component, each ingredient throughout the word of God, the smorgasbord that you'll read from Genesis to Revelation is helpful, right? It is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for sustaining us, for that training, right? That training, it's what those kids do. Um, Padilla, the word for kid is in there. It's the idea of training for the purpose of maturity, right? That the man of God may be complete. That's that idea of maturity there. Um, it's this capable proficiency, right? Um, all of God's word is going to help grow us towards that end, right? So reading gives you that breath and that very diet of shoring up those different muscles within ourselves spiritually, right? Get that breath of God's word. Um, and let me give you some practical considerations for that. Actually, we've only got 15 minutes. So we're going to have to fly through these next couple ones. Read the whole Bible. You know, if you haven't had a chance to do this, I'd highly recommend recommend you do it. Some people do it every three years. Some people do it every year. If you want to do it every year, um, there's some great plans available. I, I kind of um, posted a plan in our uh, class page resources. You can look at that, um, but just stick with a plan, right? Pick a plan, stick with the plan. It can be as simple as three chapters a day starting in Genesis, right? First day I'm going to read Genesis 1, 2, 3, 15 minutes um, right, a day. It's, it's doable, right? We need to set aside that time to spend time in his word how about 15 minutes and you just work your way through? Or you could, you know, get fancy, do two in Genesis, one in Matthew. Or real fancy and do one in Genesis, one in Psalms, one in Matthew. And you kind of end up with each section about the same way. Or, or you know, one of those plans that I have. Pick a plan, stick with it. This is a great time to do that uh, with the beginning of the new year. Um, and a suggested resource is a Bible reading plan, one of which I've got posted. 
Um, just to kind of keep on moving here, um, I'm going to just skip to the next one. Studying God's Word. Studying God's Word. Um, this is a wonderful opportunity to not just get the breadth of Scripture, but the depth, right? To dive in deeper. So maybe you spend 15 minutes uh, reading, you know, three chapters kind of to help yourself get some of that breadth. Um, and then this is an opportunity to pick a passage. Maybe it's one of the ones you read. Maybe it's just a pet passage that you love and um, want to kind of dive into deeper or a book, right? Pick a book, go through it in a, the course of a month, three months, whatever it might be, but dive deep too. Don't just get that breath, get the depth of God's word. Ezra, um, my son, no, um, the, the ancient Ezra through our, for whom uh, my son is named after. Um, Ezra 7.10, let me read this passage to you guys. For Ezra had set his heart to study, to study the law of Yahweh, to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. That word for study there, direct. Duresh, it's this idea of to seek with care, to be intent on, right? To get out your magnifying glass and zero in on that passage of scripture. Um, that is what he did so much so that the point of it changed into his life, right? So that progression of study to doing, then to teaching, right? So not only did it overflow into action in his life, but it overflowed into teaching to other people too, right? That's what Ezra had set his heart to do. And this is a wonderful thing for us to do, right? Set that central control center of your heart to doing this spiritual discipline of studying, of putting in that time, investigating um, God's word. And not only be like Ezra, be like the Bereans, right? Um, they were discerning. They were more noble than the Thessalonians, as you can read more in Acts 17. But they examine the scriptures daily. Um, this is an ongoing process, uh, um, something called a present participle, something continuing that they're continuing to do, right? This is not just something they did back when they were young and they got it all down now. This is something they were doing daily, right? Continuing in. Um, that whole idea of examining the scriptures to see if these things were so, right? Be a discerner, be a Berean. If you study the word of God, it will give you that wisdom and discernment, um, not only for doctrine, but also for life, right? Um, for life. And guys, when you study, when you not just get the breadth of scripture, but the depth, that's when you kind of cook up that full flavor, right? You're actually not just feasting on, you know, maybe a banana and apple and a piece of bread, which are fine meals, you know, with the breadth, but also the depth of, hey, that really well-prepared Thanksgiving feast, right? You know, you're actually, it takes time to do some of that work, but well, when, when you actually have some of that, boy, you can really see some of those more details even more and understand that passage and it sticks in your mind better, which is going to get into some of the um, more kind of mind-driven, kind of in-depth uh, spiritual disciplines we're going to get to in a moment um, with meditation and memorizing. But practical considerations for studying. And we need to speed up because we've got eight minutes, but I'm going to put up here, slow down. Because <laughs> it's true, it's true. We, we need to slow down, right, to read God's Word. A helpful way to do that is to ask questions. You know, the who, what, when, where, why, how. The how to read your Bible class, we go through that. It's one of the core classes. It'll come up sometime this year. But asking those questions, right? Asking those questions of God's word will help you develop that inquisitive nature, desiring to kind of investigate all those details, right? To study even further. There's a lot of great free tools, um, but what we're aiming for is what God means by what he says, right? No prophecy of scriptures, one's own interpretation, Peter tells um, his audience who's suffering from a lot of false teachers, right, who've infiltrated. Um, it's actually from God, right? God is the one who bore people along in that process of studying. That is what we're after, not a false teaching, but 
God's intended meaning in the passage. Um, suggested resources on this. Uh, how to study your Bible, another one of those resources right here. Um, fantastic resource on how to dig in and kind of get to that main um, point of what God means by what he says. Also, study Bible can be really helpful. You get different layers of context. Blue Letter Bible has a lot of free resources, too, that a study Bible will give you. Um, but context, context, context. You know, the rules of real estate, what are they, Kelly? The three rules. Exactly. Bible, Bible interpretation, it is, it is context, right? to understand that kind of author intended meeting. And so dig in deep, right, guys, to, to cook up that feast of God's word and to really kind of dig into those deeper details. But um, practical considerations, just pick that passage and dive in deep, right? Um, and Step Bible, also study tools for every person, free online resource. You know, if you want to get beyond just what you're reading kind of right in front of you, um, just hover over a word and you can dive really deep. Um, it's a free online resource, study tools for every person, Step Bible. Um, but memorizing God's word, right? So now that we've kind of digging in a little deeper here, memorizing, what, what are some um, kind of spiritual disciplines here we can zero in on with memorizing? So um, I want to talk first about creating your own to-go bag, yes, that we're right with this food analogy, right? Well, obviously, we can't be sitting down at dinner all the time. That wouldn't be good for us. Uh, but anyway, even, even so with God's word, we can't be just walking around, you know, like this all the time, right? We've got jobs to do. We've got places to be, you know, tasks to, tasks to handle, right? So this is a way that we can internalize God's word so much so that we can kind of bring it with us, right, as we're going. Um, and then we're going to draw from it in that fifth spiritual discipline of meditating um, what we've memorized. And so, uh, but this is for the purpose of godly living, right? Psalm 119, 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, right? Again, if we're so full of God's word, we're not going to be hungry for the things of this world as much, right? As they grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace, right? That is what we want. We want that um, kind of that to go bag, not to just be a few crusty little crumbs, right, that we can draw out, but we want it to be like Mary Poppins bag. You guys have seen Mary Poppins. She pulls out a lamp, you know, this thing. And it's like, that's what we want. We want, wow, we've got a wealth of resources here we can draw from. Um, so that, that is um, one, one kind of helpful component of memorizing God's word is you can bring it with you. This applies other spiritual disciplines as well. Guys, when you're praying, um, I don't want to steal Chris's thunder next week, but uh, prayer, guys, you can pray the Bible too. The scriptures are wonderful fuel to the flame of your prayer life. Um, you, you can go, and actually we're going to hear a great model prayer here in just a few moments with our Lord's Prayer, right? Use those passages that we're going to be examining with Pastor Rich here to understand ways that you can pray too. Lord, I want to be close to you. You know, Jesus begins in the first five verses. Um, he continues six through 19 with, hey, I want my disciples to be close to you. And verse 20 and following, he says, hey, I want those who believe on account of the disciples' words to be close close to you. That's us, right? Um, those who believe on account of the disciples' teaching. He wants all of us to be close with God, right? And to glorify God as well, you know, verse one there. Um, but all that to say prayer, um, this, this really fuels that spiritual discipline. Also evangelism, right? You've got a couple verses strung together. This is so helpful with evangelizing people, right? Romans 3.23, all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, you know, a couple 23s there. Um, you know, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, right? Familiar passages. Um, you, you put a couple passages together, Romans 10, 9, um, you know, uh, 
if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? You can help people in the evangelism process and leading people towards Christ. Counseling, right? When someone comes to you with a problem, guys, if you've got God's word memorized, what, what is the solution that first comes to mind? If it's full of the food of God's word, you've got some real meat to be able to offer them to sustain them spiritually, not only for others, but for yourself too, right? Counseling yourself, um, you know, what comes to mind? Um, and, meditation as well. Um, and we're going to dive into that one here. Practical considerations at first. Again, fail to plan, plan to fail. Make a goal for yourself, right? I, I know a girl who's younger than all of us in this classroom, and she's memorizing the book of Ephesians. Um, that's awesome. And so make, make a plan, not saying that you have to memorize the whole book. But guys, that type of memorizing yields dividends in your lives spiritually, right? It, it yields so much fruit, and you can come back to it again and again. Plan to memorize God's word. Engage multiple senses too when you're doing this, right? Just reading at one time, most of us can't pick it up just from doing that unless you're a genius. Um, but write out the verses or passages, right? Type them. Um, write them with your hand. Say them aloud. Uh, work with other people, right? Um, work, work with others. Uh, review too. Um, and guess what? Second or third pass, you'll be able to catch those verses way quicker, right? And kind of expand that to go bag of God's word to be able to draw from constantly. Um, fifthly here, meditating on God's word, meditating. This fills the mind rather than empties it, right? This is a filling of your mind, which we talked about, rather than the Eastern idea of emptying it. We're filling and chewing on God's word. Um, this is the true path to happiness. Um, Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. This kind of downward progression. But his delight, right, what he really loves and enjoys is the law of Yahweh. And on his law, he meditates day and night, right? He, that, that is what, what you love is what you're going to think about and what you're going to fill your mind with. And as you develop that appetite for God's word, kind of chewing it, that's kind of behind that idea, as well as that muttering, right? Kind of even saying it to ourselves. Guys, that is the true path to happiness, is meditating on God's word, filling it um, so much so that it is what we think about constantly. It's the path to true wisdom as well. Psalm um, 119, um, that whole section of scripture is on God's word. And in 97, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day, right? It's what he's thinking about constantly. It makes me wiser than my enemies. It is ever with me. I'm more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. Guys, if you are constantly thinking about God's word, you are accessing the one who is the most wise of all and his truth, right? It is going to make you extremely wise, extremely wise, like the psalmist says. Additionally, it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, right? The psalmist continues from that section, the beginning of the next section right there. Um, he, he says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There's a lot of people stumbling around in the darkness right now. Guys, trying to grasp at straws. Um, oh, wow, I fell into this pit, got scraped up. Where am I going to go next? Guys, don't be that way. Saturate yourself on God's word, which is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path and help guide others towards what is good, what is right, and what is true. Um, it aligns us with Christ, right? Setting our mind where our life truly is right? It is with Christ. Set your mind on things that are above where your life is hidden with Christ and his truth, right? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, right? Desirable, uh, praiseworthy. Think on these things, right? Meditate on those things. Um, practical considerations. Pick a passage, you know, one that you really like. 
study it, memorize it, and, and chew on it, right? Kind of continue to chew on it and pray it, right? These spiritual disciplines aren't mutually exclusive. We can be praying while we're studying, while we're memorizing, while we're, um, you know, meditating, right? We can be doing these things together and then apply it, right? Ultimately, this is to the purpose that we would live lives pleasing to the Lord, um, applying God's word. This is really that mirror moment, right? Um, James says it's foolish to read God's word and not to look at yourself in that mirror and to see what needs to change, right? If, and we each did this this morning, right? Maybe you saw a hair out of place, something in your teeth. How foolish would it be to just get up and leave, right? To, to go ahead, okay, I see what's wrong and I'm going to go ahead and not do anything about it, right? That's the same folly with reading God's word and not rearranging our lives accordingly. We need to do that. Take that moment at the end of your time reading God's word and take a mirror moment to look and see what needs to be changed and adjusted. Um, guys, that is where the real blessing is, right? Blessed are you if you do these things as Jesus commends his disciples. It's the same for us. That scripture matures the believer as we saw from 2 Timothy 3 and it changes the belief which then changes behavior, right? Don't just read your Bible. Let your Bible read you. Let, let it kind of examine and bring out those things that are not quite conforming to Christ, right? Um, I've got this PowerPoint posted. It looked a little weird on the, on the uh, uh, kind of the posted version. So if you guys want me to send it to you directly, feel free. There's a lot of different ways you can apply God's word, but really the, the purpose of this, right? The purpose of godliness, like we've talked about, of these spiritual disciplines, Bible intake, all of them that we're going to be covering in this class. The purpose is Christ likeness, right? Guys, that is where true freedom is. Uh, a, a famous, um, or, well, not so famous, but Jocko Willink, maybe you guys have heard of him. He says, discipline equals freedom. And it is true, guys. So that spiritual discipline frees us. The original freedom came from the Lord who's the spirit, right? He is the one who freed us. And as we engage in these spiritual disciplines, guys, especially there's no better place to behold the glory of the Lord than in the pages of his book, right? As we do that, guess what happens? We are transformed into the image of the invisible God, right? The one who we are created to be like, right? You are made in the image of God. You are made to be like Jesus, Right? And the spiritual disciplines are ways that we can be beholding the glory of the Lord, especially this foundational Bible reading. And guess what happens? We are transformed into the same image, Christ's image. And all of this comes from the Lord who's a spirit, right? Who's with us, who's enabling us as we do it. Guess what? He is doing it in us, right? All to the purpose that we might bring much glory to him. Let's close with a quick word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for who you are, King Jesus, that you are the one who paved this path for us. Lord, help us to follow you, Lord, and to gaze at your word constantly, to ultimately see your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, when we one day will see you face to face, Lord, we will be like you. And Lord, I pray that we would be those who become who we are, Lord. Help us to be diligent, Lord, to be more and more like your son, Jesus Christ, now until that day when we will be fully like you in eternity. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.